There are times that remembering may in fact be all that we have. This has been an unusual day for me to put this program together. And just minutes ago, several hours ago, I posted a fairly small group of paragraphs from one of our authors. I did not get involved with the choosing of the opening piece of music tonight. I'm glad that uh, Michael chose it. It fits. Good evening and welcome to the Thursday installment of Perspectives on America. In so many respects, this will be quite a perspective on what we are living through right now. As I sit back and realize that we're truly standing in the ruins. I know that a strong economy, my friends, is important to people. But it has been placed in such a primary position for so many decades that it seems that the American people are willing to forgive almost any violation of our rights. Just as long as any particular administration is delivering a good economy. But when they prop up corporations with government subsidies and throw trillions of stimulus dollars into the economy... Ultimately, it is not a good economy, despite short-term appearances, and it results in a debilitating effect on all individuals' finances, which also ultimately has a marked effect on our individual liberty. Can you possibly disagree? I would think not. When you're living in squalor due to government regulations and intrusive policies that squash entrepreneurial innovation and the creation of new businesses and jobs, and your choices for living are drastically reduced, much more more so than when you are thriving and prosperous because you've been able to accumulate some great wealth under a government that let the free market and true capitalism loose to do what it has always done naturally. We're buying oil from Saudi Arabia, our so-called frenemies, wearing denim jeans from China. (laughs) Most of them are stretch jeans now. I mean, come on. That's what you're looking at, stretch jeans. I don't want... Fruitcake jeans, okay? But that's the reality of what we're facing. We have outsourced all of our pharmaceuticals. We're driving foreign cars. We've allowed nearly all of our meaningful manufacturing base to be destroyed and shipped overseas as well. 
and we'd be immensely better off economically as a nation and thus as a people and individuals if we had maintained good, solid, well-made products through technologically advanced manufacturing centers right here in America, even if it meant paying a bit more per item. It would still have resulted in less overall cost than what we are experiencing now. And due to the shift in our overseas relationships and a mounting attack on the U.S. dollar by the BRICS nations, along with a litany of other factors. For me, I miss the days when American girls and American guys would always stand up and salute in some accepted form whenever they saw old glory flapping in the wind at any official event or even just in their own front yards. Much as we did each morning when we'd raise the American flag up the pole in our front yard so many years ago. Isn't it just sickening that we now see every anti-American dirtbag imaginable from BLM and Antifa and elsewhere? Illegal alien invaders stomping the American flag into the dirt, burning it in our streets just before they burn our cities as well? And all of this is in the name of their cultist, death-loving, Marxist, Maoist, utopian worldview. Now, friends, freedom isn't free. It never has been free. It never will be free. It demands putting some skin into the game and very often a little bloodshed. Even the sacrifice of the lives of America's patriots. I simply wish our countrymen would pay a great deal more attention to the many egregious acts by the federal government that regularly violate the Bill of Rights, the Patriot Act, the FISA Reauthorization Act, along with many others. Kind of like the National Defense Authorization Act, which was reshaped in 2012 to grant the president virtually total power and control over every last facility and resource in this country if he deemed there to be an emergency of enough significance to warrant its activation. Frankly, some of these things should scare the hell out of ordinary Americans. If only they, you, would take the time to read what these things actually allow authorities to do to us. And things aren't getting any better anytime too soon. Even if, for some miraculous reason, that Trump should win in 2024. Everyone needs to remember that Trump grew government, added $8 trillion to the national debt. And he didn't bat an eye over locking America down. Something I'll never forgive. Of course, everybody has already said, well, he's better than Joey. However true that may be, it's a little comfort given what I know him to be. And so I would urge all Americans to follow their conscience. And in all matters of government, always ask, does this thing grow liberty or squash liberty? And make your decision based on that single indicator. Because all bills do one or the other, directly or indirectly, 
only one need reason their way to the weeds of the thing. Live fast. Die young. Leave a good-looking corpse. See to be our motto for many of our early years. Always rallied against the constraints of this modern world I was brought into by accident. Never seemed natural to allow others to tell me what to do. If what I was doing actually harmed no one else. That it absolutely wasn't for any person who understands the sovereignty of the individual. And yet, everywhere I went, there's always been people yelling at me not to do this thing or don't do that. And there remains many who still try to limit me and others today. And those self-important bastards and busybodies who had trouble being potty trained and have nothing better to do. And I guess it appears I've long missed my chance for dying young. And I'm not certain I was ever going to leave a good-looking corpse anyway. The decades later, I'm still standing, still trying to save a life well-lived without the added aggravation of government intervention and dealing with the fat-ass bureaucrats I have so despised, especially after discovering the games that they play. The rules for thee, but not for me, de facto status quo that has existed for far too long in America. You know, I sit there and review that one paragraph I just shared with you. Long since missed my chance for dying young. (laughs) In nine more days, I'll turn 76. Will I make 86? Do I even want to? You know, my friends, something's dreadfully wrong with your country and the regime running it when it can tell you it controls part of your private property, your land. Simply because a large puddle of water lingers for more than a day after a hard rain, as they disingenuously call a three or four foot puddle a wetland and take the surrounding five or ten acres or whatever the hell they want. You got to know how wrong it is when they tell you that it's somehow illegal for you to catch rainwater in a 55-gallon barrel sitting under the downspout of your own home. And believe me, that happens in many places around the country. But no matter how much sense it may make, it always sticks in my gut that the government forced grown adults to buckle their seatbelts, taking away their right of free will and choice. Oh, but that's for your own safety, your own security, don't you know? You know, rules and regulations abound and fly hither and thither and yon as they stifle business and do great damage to the economy overall and the individual's ability to earn more specifically as we see them enforced as if they were a law legally passed by Congress. This is the sort of deceptions played upon the American people that had us obeying arbitrary, sustainable development rules that were the machinations of Agenda 2021 and now 2030 circumventing or 
openly violating our own constitution and state constitutions and forcing us all to relinquish an unimaginable amount of our individual sovereignty to international organizations and international law and treaties not ratified by the U.S. Congress. Much of this is manifested in numerous so-called green deals aimed at redistributing our wealth and that of the nation all across the third world to our detriment and chagrin. I've always said that whatever faced with a bad or unconstitutional or illegal law, fight to have it repealed or rescinded as hard as you possibly can. And depending on how much steel one has in your spine, if you're anything like me, refuse to obey it with every waking day and tell the state or federal officials to take a flying hike. But who among you saw a nation of wimps? When millions of Americans shrieked like old, fragile women who just saw a mouse and jumped on their chairs whenever a COVID particle was thought to have entered the room. And they gave up their freedom and liberty to the Marxist-inspired Dr. Fauci and Democratic Party communists of the country, along with their corporate cronies. Like all of it was nothing. The easiest choice they'd ever made as they succumbed to fear, just as the men behind the curtains hoped they would. My friends, America and her people have not been truly free for a long, long, long time. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Refusing to comply with bad laws will also come with consequences that one may skirt for many days or months or altogether. If one has the time or the money to fight them in what passes for a court of law these days, or one pleads their own case in a strong enough and accurate manner as to win over a jury of their peers, and although I wouldn't recommend a life as an outlaw patriot, there is that choice as well. If one has crossed too far over the Rubicon and a point of no return, depending on the gravity and the seriousness of the issue at hand and the battle one has taken on as their own that for me it kind of beats the hell out of living on one's knees as a coward meekly submitting to America's tyrants and yet still Congress regularly gathers to churn out one bad law after the next just because we have to do something don't worry about how bad the bill is they're at least doing something right Come on, we saw how terrible their legislative philosophy is with their recent border deal that actually codified allowing 1.8 or more million illegal invaders to cross into America each and every year, further facilitating Biden's OBP, Biden's open borders policy. I mean, come on, most Americans are out in flyover country. They're working hard every day, opening a cold beer from time to time in pursuit of happiness and a good life. And those things that keep the blues at bay. And throughout the many decades of the 20th century and this century as well, the good and decent traditional Americans have time and time again taken up the mantle on the cause of freedom because freedom does not just exist naturally where large populations of humans gather together. 
and it damn sure as hell doesn't come free. There's no doubt that it's become infinitely harder for anyone to make a decent life for themselves and achieve a sense of happiness. And by, by and large, Americans at the turn of the 20th century set the ball in motion, especially during the Wilson administration's era, by accepting the implementation of a debt-based economy and tenets. Things like centralized banking, income tax, all straight out of the Marxist ideology from that point on, and subsequently the debasement of the U.S. dollar. Cycles of high inflation and boom and bust markets did their dirty work of stealing hard-working Americans' hard-earned dollars. And nothing has changed much, my friends. Other than the schemes and the continued theft of American wealth has become exponentially worse than one can hardly fathom. You know, many of people I know, many of us have had jobs that we enjoy, perhaps even love. But I'm certain that no one landed there right out of the gate unless they had deep existing connections prior to reaching adulthood. Most people have to take some menial entry-level position working several different jobs, studying and learning long before ever attaining the career they desire. But no one's looking at their prospects and their future wants to be some company's work mule for the entirety of their life, trying to flourish under harsh economic conditions that force them to work 60 or more hours a week, take in roommates, basically living like cattle without any real hope of owning their own home anytime soon, as is the current state of America. All affairs in America today. Currently, my friends, over 22 million Americans report they are struggling just to pay rent. And some 35% of Americans say they cannot afford the simple, bare necessities of life. Oh, come on, sure. People often try to keep up with the Joneses and live far above their means, which contributes to whatever miserable situation they find themselves encapsulated within. But to just acquire the bare necessities today has become a mammoth endeavor and too often requires every member of one's family to have a job. My friends, this is a leap from the peak of the mountain of prosperity of the 1950s when one man's salary was sufficient to provide for his family's needs into the abyss and the malaise of this out-of-control debt-based economy and economic slavery that has enabled the federal government to tighten its grasp and control over the individual in ways that simply should not exist. Not if our federal government truly gave two good poops about our individual liberty, which has continued to devolve to the point that now a cyber bank digital currency is being suggested, a move for total control over everyone and everything, and if you believe that's not the case, then you really don't get it. But on the other side of the coin, we see the Federal Reserve Bank dangling easy credit, easy money in front of consumers who often approach it irresponsibly. Think about that. We, the people, 
keep paying the minimum, the interest accrues. And once the balance grows beyond our means to pay the minimum payment, they want to scream foul and demand relief from the government. And that's just what Biden proposes to do for students who are currently in debt up to their eyeballs. And yet my granddaughter paid her way all the way. Did not have one iota of debt. But then keep in mind, all of this is pretty much what President Bush and Obama did for corporate America during the aught eight economic collapse. A practice continued by both Trump and Biden once again to the detriment of all the rest of us. Being an automaton on some assembly line, although honest and commendable work, that's not what man was intended to be. If one looks at history, mankind has always moved towards greatness. Just look at all the great thinkers, the outstanding poets and the philosophers, amazing painters and sculptors, and the complex and infinitely talented architects and musicians who span the ages. Now, friends, we used to be able to attain our basic necessities with a great deal less time involved, but as things became bigger and better or more technologically advanced and complex, it was people's own greed and their willingness to tie themselves to debt for instant gratification and the next great toy or shiny car or too much house for their needs, all of which forced them to become debt slaves. In the same dynamic of grasping too much too soon beyond the real limits of our salaries is what sometimes led them to losing everything, even becoming homeless, if only temporarily. As you see, the fact remains that with economic liberty comes a prodigious expense or expanse of individual liberty throughout the population and across the country. How we, how one achieves it is the riddle that has plagued the majority of people for centuries. And yet we must all be realists and understand that there are times in the lives of all men and women that any series of unfortunate events can upset our plans, dashing our dreams and scattering them, sparkling and broken like a million stars in the night sky. Yeah, for me, I never minded too much, never fell into despair. Probably because I understood at a very young age that one never loses sight of our dreams if we have hope and the will to keep working towards them. Never broken and always with a fire burning in one's own mind and one's heart. As you see, in the end, true freedom does not resolve around how much stuff we can accumulate. True freedom and liberty revolve around owning your own labor, being able to reap its full value from within any economic system to do with as you choose and please, so long as your actions do not violate the rights of others. And any regime or government that takes the product of your labor to simply hand to someone who hasn't put forth one damn iota of real effort to provide for themselves all of which has violated the very core of your being and your inalienable God-given rights and trampled on your liberty. 
No, my friends, America's not free. Even our children have been indoctrinated and trained in the public education system, much like Hitler's youth, especially over the past two decades. They've been taught to turn on our parents, betray us as domestic terrorists to our new mammoth surveillance state for holding anti-communist, anti-abortion, anti-transgender, anti-CRT, conservative and Christian views. Although some of America's children are currently following the principles of traditional America, thanks to great parents who have either schooled them at home or sent them to fine private schools. For now, it usually only ends with job losses, but there are legal pitfalls, especially when parents object to a school facilitating their child's gender change surreptitiously. In states where schools have been provided legal protections for violating parents' rights, not only have the largest percentage of Americans been made dumber than they normally might have been through a public education, but on the whole, my friends, the population's sense of the joy of living has been sucked out of each and Each of these who have submitted to the current Marxist, Maoist, anti-American, anti-liberty movement. And I see this primarily in the men of our country. But of course it has had its effect on our women as well. I imagine that most Americans don't have it in them to become famous and wealthy entertainers or painters, or poets, or architects, or stand-up comedians, or some of the other loftier pursuits that many of us are wont to seek. But that doesn't make it any less despicable and troubling for our government to keep putting roadblocks to success in our way, whatever form they take. It must get out of the way of the individual so that they may freely pursue a flourishing sort of life as they see fit which comes with plenty of its own bumps in the road without any extra help from an intrusive federal government. But more than all of this, the federal government must stop attempting to manipulate and control our freedom of religion and speech, our freedom of assembly, our freedom to travel, our freedom to own property, and our freedom to defend ourselves from them whenever and wherever we find it necessary. The free flow of words has been the key to human liberation. Freedom of association has also often resulted in some of the most unexpected advancements of mankind. As someone stepped away from convention, the status quo, found themselves working on a higher level of consciousness, much like when America's founders composed the Declaration of Independence and created our U.S. Constitution. For the first time, joining the idea of liberty with the equality of all men in the eyes of the law, and the notion of the principles of freedom and liberty gaining more influence in America made the Biden regime sorely afraid and has prompted a continual assault against the founding from all shades of authoritarian Marxist-Maoist who need the people to fear government and what might happen with less of it. And friends, freedom and individual liberty are dangerous to those who would be tyrants. 
every individual, meaning you, must make your life an experiment of sorts to find your own path to the freedom and the liberty that you desire most, accompanied with the freedom of one spirit that puts one back in touch with the being that God intended us to be. Don't let the American Marxist Maoist turn us into a kulak, a serf. It's time to escape from the barbed wire tangles that have been constructed around our minds from living under decades of propaganda. Fearlessly embrace the natural world, the sheer fluid beauty of God's creation. With the new awareness of the raw, naked life of liberty, all men and women were meant to live together. Under years of soft moonlit nights and the chaos of the stars to await each new momentous sunrise. To marvel over how a sapling grows from a seed to a beautiful tree and a newborn baby grows to be a free-born man or woman. Standing in the ruins of the lives of millions of Americans today, Biden cries out for the nation to hear on all issues from the border to the economy and energy and on to abortion, that I am death. Promise me, my friends, a battle for freedom and liberty. Promise me a battle for your soul and mine and the soul of all of America. Copy. Justin O. Smith. And it fits. I choose to not stand in the ruins. You should make that same decision. It is so frustrating what we're living through. It really, truly is. (laughs) You know... The second verse of the Bible states that the world was in a chaotic state. God then made order, which is why the left is undoing it, my friends. It is for so many impossible to understand what is happening to America and to the rest of the West without understanding the most dynamic ideology of the last hundred years, something that we call leftism. We need to begin with the understanding that leftism, or progressivism, if you will, and liberalism, are not only not the same ideologies, they in fact are opposed to each other on virtually every major issue. Leftism and liberalism have only two things in common, you know. One is belief in big government, which, given that individual and societal liberty decline as the state grows, it is a significant similarity. But the other left-liberal commonality is antipathy to the right, This is even more important than commitment to big government because it explains 
why liberals vote for the left, despite the fact that liberals differ with far more left-wing positions than with conservative positions. Unlike the left, most liberals love their country. But unlike the left, most liberals do not believe that there are are more than two sexes or genders. That pre-pubescent boys and girls who claim they're members of the other sex should be given hormone blockers. That girls under 21 should be allowed to have their breasts surgically removed. That men who say they are women should be allowed to compete in women's sports and get their cut off. So, too, liberals do not believe that capitalism is evil and that America is systematically or systemically racist, and that all whites are racist, that Israel is the villain of the Middle East and Zionism is racist. Yeah, well, unfortunately, Israel is amongst the villains in the Middle East. And Zionism, in a lot of respects, is racist. But then, given that these leftist positions are as destructive as they are absurd, how are we to explain leftism? The question which has preoccupied me most of my adult life. It's why I was one of fewer than 10 graduate students in all of Columbia University, not me. I'll share with you who shortly. One of fewer than 10 grad students in all of Columbia University to major in what was called communist affairs. Oh, our author was a fellow at the Russian Institute of Columbia School of International Affairs. In other words, he had studied the left all his life. Early on, he recognized that the left opposed liberty. The clearest example being the the wherever the left gains power, whether at a university or in society as a whole. It all suppressed free speech and that it destroyed everything it touched. Hang on. I am on the air right now. If you don't know it, call back later. This guy is a real royal pain in the butt. He keeps calling. Doesn't care if I'm on the air. He thinks I'm going to invite him on. And because uh, I made a couple of comments that uh, he didn't like. So he just calls up to be a royal pain. Anyway. Our author, who I've known of for many years, I have much respect for him. Dennis Prager. He said early on he recognized that the left opposed liberty. The clearest example being that whatever the left gained power, whatever, whether at a university or in society as a whole, it suppressed free speech and would destroy everything it touches. But while Prager and many others had always understood that the left, again, not liberalism, has always everywhere been a force for evil, he needed to understand why. 
How can people believe that men give birth? That a country to which more than four million black people have emigrated and which twice elected a black president is systemically racist. That the freest country in the Middle East, one in which millions of Arabs live as equal citizens, is the villain. While its barbaric enemies are worthy of support. Maybe we've got some answers. You see, throughout our history, Americans have had three great providers of meaning. Family, religion, and patriotism. Leftists lack the latter two. The religion, the patriotism. Because they seek to get rid of them. And increasing numbers of them lack the first. Yeah. The family. Since human beings cannot live without meaning, it is great a need as food, and even greater than sex. And so they seek meaning elsewhere. And so they create new meanings through creature secular religions, socialism, communism, feminism, environmentalism. Die. No, not D-I-E. It's that favorite word that my friend Charlie Dickens uses. Diversity, equity, and inclusion. D-E-I. And what about anti-racism, anti-Zionism, LGBTQIA plus pride? Transactivism. These are some of the places that they seek the elsewhere the new meanings and all of these are united by one overarching aim that's overreaching aim I think destroying the institutions of western civilization the religion, the art, the music the nuclear family, the moral norms the schools the universities free speech capitalism, and yes, even medicine. Those of us who appreciate the history of what became Western civilization and wish to preserve it, while, of course, working to correct its flaws, cannot understand why anyone would want to destroy it. That's a major reason it is so difficult for non-leftists to understand the left. Let me interrupt for just a moment what I'm sharing with you. Those of us who appreciate Western civilization and wish to preserve it cannot understand why anyone would want to destroy it. Let's try this on. It was published today. George Soros is poised to control 220 radio stations in this country. He's inserted a 400 
million dollar bailout for a company called Odyssey. And this is now stoking fears of progressive billionaire leading the second biggest U.S. network during this 2024 election. He wants to control this radio company. Soros Fund Management bought up more than $400 million of the radio and podcast company's highest-ranking debt, which would make Soros Investment the biggest investment firm, the biggest shareholder when Odyssey emerges from bankruptcy. It runs New York's WFAN, 1010 Wins, LA-based KROQ, The debt bailout has alarmed conservatives who have railed against Soros' multi-million dollar payouts to progressive political causes aligned with the Democratic Party. One conservative account, ex-Twitter, said that the Hungarian-born financer will use the stations to attempt to influence voters in the coming elections. How long do you think that guy will allow all of these conservative radio stations to stay in operation? Those words from Stacey Washington, a right-of-center podcaster and commentator. Odyssey, in a statement called the cash injection, a significant vote of confidence in our company and the future of the radio and audio business. Soros Fund Management and lawyers for the creditors did not immediately answer requests for the comment. Do you begin to get it? Soros is expanding his grasp. Prager continues... His commentary, after decades of mulling all of this over that he's discussed so far, he said, I think I've discovered one answer that is not obvious to all leftists. But open his eyes to the left's beliefs that men can become women, women can become men, men can give birth, blah, 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 blah. I think we shared that with you. Oh, let's see, what else? More than two gender sexes, men who say they're women could be placed in women's prisons, women's colleges, women's shelters. Men who say they're women should be allowed to compete in women's sports. Children should be taken to drag queen shows. They don't have to. They bring the drag queen shows to the schools and the kids. Well, friends, every one of these positions represents nothing more than chaos. The left's transpositions are the most obvious areas of left-induced chaos, but there are many others. The left's contempt for the ideal of the nuclear family, a married mother and father and children, its support for defunding police, its raising the dollar value of stolen goods that qualifies as a felony, which can only incentivize theft, and its support for progressive district attorneys. Fighting crime represents order. Crime represents chaos. And why does leftism seek chaos? Because the left hates the opposite of chaos. Order. 
An order ultimately represents a religious view of life. Order represents divine order. And the proof is that no religious people say that men give birth. Not all secular people believe that men give birth. There are more than two sexes. Men can compete in women's sports. Children should be exposed to drag queen shows or children should be given hormone blockers if they claim to be a member of the other sex. But only secular people believe those things. Virtually no one who believes in the Bible and the God of the Bible believes and we believe in a God-created social order. Chaos, my friends, is the normal state of the world. The second verse of the Bible states the world was in a chaotic state. God then made order, which is why the left is undoing it. Dennis Prager. It is interesting... I believe that I was drawn to these particular pieces I'm sharing with you tonight. Justin had provided me this particular piece late last night. I wasn't really going to include it in today's piece because it's such a lengthy piece unto itself. It took up most of the hours, you know. But I took a portion, his forward to me, which is in many cases very lengthy. It was a column of its own. And I did publish that. And literally, moments before going on the air, I made a decision to grab the rest of it and post it as well at Federal Observer. And the more I got into it, the more I realized it intertwined with Everything else that I had pulled together for today's program, which is going to be a somewhat unusual ongoing two-hour set. There are many things that intertwine and tie together. It's profound to me. Maybe this is what I'm supposed to be doing. If I can reach one or two of you with these thought processes and these things we've talked about today, then I've done what I'm supposed to do. If it makes you listeners think outside the box. With the exception of the bit on Soros that I just shared with you, the basis of every single piece I'm sharing with you today. It's all on federalobserver.com. No, you won't get to hear my variation of the words. You can hit listen to the rerun of that. And this is one of these instances where I hope that you're going to find it worthwhile to grab those reruns Go to the archives at RBN and you can download these things on your computers and you can forward the darn things out and pray to God you make a difference. It just doesn't end when I and other broadcasters reach out to you every day and every night. It doesn't end 
until you reach out to others by sharing with them the archives or the written words, which in this particular case we have published. A guy named Philip Dick, I guess he's an author, wrote a book called The Man in the High Castle. And one line in the book that is well worth sharing with you. The madmen are in power. Does that not fit? Because that's what this is. The global deep state is nothing more than a fascist world order funded by, oops, you and I, the taxpayer. The debate over U.S. foreign aid, that's nothing more than a distraction. It's not to say that the amount of taxpayer money flowing to foreign countries in the form of military and economic assistance is insignificant. But even at less than 1% of the federal budget, the United States still spends more on foreign aid than any other nation. And the latest foreign aid spending bill includes $95 billion for Ukraine, Israel, and Taiwan. Makes me want to go crack a bottle and tie one on. If you don't understand that, just ignore it. Since World War II, the U.S. has given more foreign aid to Israel than any other country, $318 billion, with the bulk of those funds designated for Israel's military efforts. And even so, more than 150 countries around the world receive U.S. taxpayer-funded assistance. As Forbes reports, U.S. foreign aid dwarfs the federal funds spent by 48 out of 50 state governments annually. Only the state governments of California and New York spent more federal funds than what the U.S. sent abroad each year to foreign countries. Charles, don't forget, California and New York are sucking in all these illegal invaders, whether they like them or not. But whether or not all this foreign aid is used for legitimate purposes, the global welfare system itself is riddled with corruption and waste. Our elected officials are doing such a damn good job making sure that we keep getting sucked into it. Do we taxpayers instinctively know that we are funding choir directors in Turkmenistan, filmmakers in Peru, poultry farmers in Tanzania and sex education workshops for prostitutes in Ethiopia? My friends, the problem is not so much that taxpayers are unaware of how their hard-earned dollars are being spent, rather that we, the people, continue to be told that we have no say in the matter. How interesting. Stay with us. I'll be back in a few minutes for the second hour.
feel like there is a dark cloud hanging over their heads whenever they're using pharmaceutical drugs. For some, the short-term relief can turn into an opioid addiction nightmare. Have you ever wondered why CBD oil is a billion-dollar industry? It's because it works better than opioids and is actually healthy for you. However, CBD oil is stripped of all other helpful compounds found in the hemp plant. According to neuroscientists, the whole hemp plant, otherwise known as hemp paste, is even more effective than the chemically processed CBD oil. Are you ready to take back your health? You can try hemp paste for the price of a cup of coffee. Hemppaste.com slash RBN. Free shipping on orders over $50. See the banners for Hemp Paste at republicbroadcasting.org and visit hemppaste.com slash RBN. You're listening to Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth. Truth, truth, truth.